Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to episode 210 of Geek Town Radio. I'm back this week after a very, very long time with... Gray! Hello everybody, I am still here, do not worry. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, it's it's nice to have you back on. You would have been back on a few weeks ago, which is entirely my fault, but um, I I was on a plane coming back from America at the time, so... Understandable. (laughs) So, so yes, I had to bump that show and then you had other things going on, so it's taken a while. But, uh, yes, it's lovely to have you back on. Uh, What have you been up to recently then? Well, um, obviously it's been a horrible term for teacher stuff, but Mm. do not worry everybody i've got four days left and then i am no longer a teacher so that's (laughs) my my biggest news so i didn't say it back in may but i'd sort of just sort of sorted things for a new job which i start in august but yes i'm finishing being a teacher so that's my biggest news which is why (laughs) you haven't heard from me because my head has been very much tied up with that yeah um, which is uh also given me a chance to really have a cleanse um and (laughs) part of my cleanse was i was getting myself so wound up and anxious about I only had like I had 98% full on my skybox yeah I've I've been in there yes (laughs) I I couldn't live like that and and so in the end I thought I'm just gonna have to tear off this band-aid and I changed my subscription deal because I realized I was paying so much for sky but I'm using Netflix and BBC iPlayer so much more nowadays that I have that a brave step for someone who contributes to a TV podcast (laughs) I've cleansed and I've deleted lots and lots of programs and taken my Skype down to about 40%. Nice. Um, so you will never ever hear me talking about the blacklist got rid of about three seasons of that i had to get rid of the good fight uh two seasons of that the runaways got rid of that this is us went get shorty speechless um i sadly had to get rid of lucifer but i think i might still try and watch that through the amazon and netflix links yes um got rid of legion got rid of the gifted like all these things i knew were coming to an end anyway yeah and i just knew i couldn't give them my commitment if I'd left them on there so long, I just wouldn't sort of get around to it. So yeah. uh, sadly, but also I feel so much like a weight being taken from <laughs> me that I don't have to try and tune into all these programs. And now I'm sort of down to yeah. the ones I really want to watch. So I'm currently just watching on like every week sort of thing. I'm watching How to Get Over Murder. I restarted that today. That was back about four weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and the other Shonda one, which is in the, the courtroom. Oh uh, yeah, for the people. That's for the that's, people, yeah. that's ending after that's this. Ending, 
I'm going to watch it. Um, yeah, no, I quite like that show. I, I do. I, I yeah. think that's quite a good show and it, it sits quite well with How to Get Away with Murder. It's a shame yeah. they've not done crossovers with those two, but uh, I yeah, they, they're running them kind of fairly yeah. close. I think they're running them after each other, aren't they? On I, I think so. They're both on my planner. And mm. just before the big delete, I finished up things like Station 19, Chicago Fire, right, 9 yeah. all the ones I was enjoying. Uh, but more recently, let's get to the really contemporary stuff. Uh, I know I heard you talking to Matt about some of these the other week but i finished killing eve and still haven't I, got I, to the end of the season two yet so but yeah <laughs> i liked it but not as much the first season but i yeah. could see what they were doing new writer emerald fennel lots of praise for her still love how they write their characters absolutely loads of praise for that um superstore uh, I finished that. That was obviously on nightly on ITV two when they brought it back. Uh, it's really clever, really good. I heard you talking about your studio set. Yes. Um, and the end of the season was quite dark, but I wonder where they go with it for the next season. I really enjoyed that. Made me laugh, made me smile. Cool. Blackish. Um, again, I've talked about this previously. I think they're just really good at taking serious subjects and uh, putting a nice spin on it in terms of humor, but also bringing like a real yeah. message. Um, I really and like so that I, show. Yeah, I really binged that as well towards the end. And uh, it had um, some really good moments in it throughout this season, um, including a lovely appearance from Octavia Spencer mid-season. She did oh, cool. sort of like a cameo, which is really good. So I got rid of those. I watched all those before I uh, changed my subscription. Um, and then on the train, I finished Smilf. Um, this week. I don't know if you've been watching that, Dave. I haven't been watching that, no. It is very good, but I didn't like the second season as much as I like the first season. Okay. Uh, it has this real thing where it's supposed to be a series where each episode bounces on to the next, but in some parts of this season, it felt like an anthology. It felt like they were telling us a new story in her life, which didn't really right. have much connection to the previous episode or the next mm. episode and i don't know if that's sometimes when they bring on new directors they take their own spin on things and it almost forgets what was happening in the previous episode and the next episode but right, okay. i liked it i think there's a series three coming um and i oh i know i haven't put it on my list but i've just started watching crashing again as well right. um, which is, i like that it's good that's that's uh, coming to an end as well i think i think that's done oh, is it? yeah Picking them. Why do I keep picking them? <laughs> um, and before I go on to the only film I've seen in the last three months, I'll just say that I finished the final of Taskmaster season eight. Definitely was one of their weakest seasons. Right. Um, the one just gone. It didn't drive me to really watch it. Um, I really, really like Lou Sanders. I thought she was really good. She came across really well for someone who's not hugely known. Um, but it had Joe Thomas from The Inbetweeners. I don't think he came across very well. Um, it also had Ian Sterling. He was funny, but, you know, Paul Sinha. I know Paul Sinha's going through a lot of medical issues that's come out on Twitter and that, but it, he just came across a bit awkward. So it wasn't a great combination, but I'm really looking forward to the season nine announcement. They just announced that straight after. And I think that's got to be a tactical thing because yeah. I don't think season eight's ratings were good. Right. Um, so uh, we're going to have, and I, these are on my wish list. Um, Joe Brand is on there. Rose Matafeo, Ed Gamble and David Bedil. They're going to be joined by Katie Wicks, which is a bit of a dark horse. I didn't expect her, but <laughs> those other four are four people I think would do the show really well. So I can't okay. wait for that. Cool. So that's my TV, Dave. So the one film I've seen, that's how bad my life has been. I haven't been able to get to the cinema, but the one film I saw just this weekend, I went to see Spider-Man Far From Home. Okay, and thoughts? Well, it's not, I'm not going to give you spoilers, because I know there's still many people out there who are waiting to go and see it. Including and myself? Yourself, yes. Yourself. It ends the phase, I get that. I can't say much 
because of it is spoilerific from like the first scene. So right. I'm going to try and not say it. But I, as I think I peaked with Endgame. Right. I okay. I, you know, I know I gave so much love to Endgame and I wonder if I have peaked because I sort of sat at the end and I looked at my friends I went with and I was just like, hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> and I just felt a little bit like that. And I put it along the lines of, and this, uh, not to bring down those, I put it on the lines of like Ant-Man and the Wasp. Okay. Um, and Which is, it's not a bad film not at all. Not a bad film, but didn't drive it in a direction I really wanted. And no. uh, I suppose to an extent, Guardians of the Galaxy, I put them along there. It's never going to be in my top, but it was fun. It was a teen movie. Uh, stay for the end of um, Credit Stings, the yeah. very final one please please stay that excited me more than the rest of the movie right okay <laughs> that brought me out asking more questions than the the sort of hour of 45 minutes and i hope i'm not being too harsh i love tom holland i love jake gyllenhaal um i love samuel jackson i love kobe smelders i thought they all gave absolutely brilliant performances it was really good um it's nice comedy piece after the harshness of endgame but yeah. fundamentally i i i enjoyed that end of credit sting more than the whole film <laughs> yeah I'm... i mean I, I think some of those marvel films are a bit like that um I, I mean i was a bit like that with captain marvel and yeah ant-man and wasp perfectly fine decent enough entertainment sit and watch something for a couple of hours movie but i think nothing's quite gonna reach the level of something like endgame no. so you know Never, yeah uh, what about you dave i mean i've just rattled what? on there for about 10 minutes <laughs> tell me about yeah i finally finished jessica jones um which i i thought they did did a really nice job rounding off everything with that final season. I don't know whether they they knew that was going to be the final season or whether they suspected, but it, it leaves it in a really satisfying place. I think the very final episode and the final shot sort of I I, I think it it works really well and it rounds things out. And I I really enjoyed that last season probably more than the second season. I, I think it's not a patch on the first season, and I, I think part of the problem is when you've got David Tennant as a villain first season that's going to be very very difficult to top uh, exactly yeah so that's always been a problem with that show but i thought yeah third season was definitely stronger than the second i felt um but uh, i don't think anything's come quite close to that first season but really worth watching and i did really enjoy it uh finished stranger things which was superb this third season it's one of those shows where they maybe over gimmicked it a little too much in the second one and the third one i think pulls it back and there's a lot of of very nice head nods to 80s nostalgia in there some are very very obvious some are much more subtle you know i mean there's there's sequences where they're watching back to the future but there are, are more kind of slightly more subtle nods of kind of copying shots from certain films and things, certain sort of classic 80s films, which not everybody is going to necessarily see. So it's interesting and really cleverly done. Uh, the storyline, I thought, was really well put together. It's got a lot of emotion, a lot of drama. There are some very emotional scenes in there. It's got some just wonderfully funny moments as well. Really, really, really solid season, that. And uh, I would encourage everybody to go out and watch it. It's certainly, again, I think the third season was probably slightly stronger than the uh, the second one. I don't know whether they're going to end up 
finishing it next season, maybe, because uh, I, I believe it is coming back for a full season, or I suspect it will do. But I thought they did a very, very good job with it, and uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing more. But uh, oh. yeah, worth watching, definitely. I also watched a couple of stand-up comedies. Uh, Catherine Ryan's stand-up, I did that on uh, Netflix, which was was fine and funny, and, and that was good. Aziz Azari's Right Now, which I thought was brilliant. And I don't really know Aziz's comedy very much. I haven't really watched any of his shows, but I was on there and he kept on recommending it to me. You know how Netflix nags you for yeah, it to watch yeah. stuff. Uh, kept on recommending it to me. So I thought, oh, fine, I'll watch it. So I was, I was watching that. It's funny, insightful. He talks right at the top of the show talks about him getting caught up in the whole me too thing uh, i mean very peripherally caught up i would say you know he does address that and starts the show off with that and is that and, is it, and then sort of goes into well that's a weird way to start a comedy show uh, <laughs> uh, but uh, so he does address that and he and that sort of leads him on to talking about sort of the world in general and the state of things and various other people and it's really interesting and insightful and funny and I mean it is funny but it's it's a really clever well crafted bit of comedy and it's well worth listening to so uh, I I would recommend that I'm about 30 minutes through Catherine Ryan so um, I might finish that and if it, it probably will recommend it if I've just watched that yeah I do like uh, those stand-ups are sometimes nice to have to watch on the train on the way to work yes uh, yeah I enjoyed the Catherine Ryan one I mean the Catherine Ryan one was entertaining I thought the Aziz one was probably better out of the two though okay uh, and LA's Finest as well I also caught uh, which is Eric on Fox. I started watching that too. <laughs> what did you think? Very of over the top. But. Oh yeah. I mean, it's the, you know, it's a spin-off from the Bad Boys movie franchise, and by God, you could tell. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it is basically a female version of Bad Boys, which is what they sold it as, and it, it is exactly that. It's it's very, very much same feel to it. It's ridiculous, it's over the top. It is funny, though. I mean, the jokes are well written. Uh the banter between the two girls, I think, is really good they're entertaining it is basically bad boys with two girls in the lead role instead of boys and it's a tv show yeah it's a procedural yeah. tv show uh, but it has that vibe to it and i i don't know whether i'll watch like the whole thing i'll see how it goes uh but i'm i enjoyed the first one enough to go and watch some more of it it's going to be one of those shows that maybe gets dropped for other things if they get yeah. you know if, if i need to drop something to to watch other stuff that's one of the ones that's probably going to end up getting dropped but yeah it's perfectly fine entertaining and quite funny and certainly if you like bad boys i think you'll probably like this that's really me that's sort of what i've been doing so let's move on to some tv and film news So we start off the TV and film news with renewals, cancellations and pickups. First one is a, well, it's not a cancellation. It's an ending. It's very much an ending. How to Get Away with Murder is coming to an end at its sixth season, which is season five airing here at the moment. So it's got one more season to go after the current oh. series that it's currently airing. And I think that sort of makes sense because that will also be the final year of the law degrees that the kids are doing in that show. Yeah. I mean, I love it, but I absolutely think that's the right decision. Yeah. And I think it's a lot to do with the limited time they get with Viola each season um, mm. and they're having to fit it all into her timetable. But it, if they carry on going, it will become too much of a mockery of itself. Yeah. So I'm sad, 
but absolutely think it's probably the right decision. Yeah, I think there's only so many times you can have a convoluted sort of murder plot wound into yeah. sort of a procedural <laughs> about various cases. I, I I think you can only do that for so long. And uh, yeah, I do. I like you. I do enjoy it. And uh, she's fabulous in that show as well. But there is only so long you can keep that going, I think. And yeah. uh, that's the, when the kids finish the law degrees. I think that is, seems to be the sensible place to leave it. Yeah. Stars Play has picked up the epic Batman-related Pennyworth series, which um, is an interesting place for it to land, but I'm very happy that it is airing somewhere. They haven't given a date for it yet, so it may be a case of they put it out weekly. It may be a case of they wait for it all to air on Epics in the US and then drop it as a box set. We don't know yet, so we'll have to wait and see. But uh, I'm quite looking forward to that. It looks kind of interesting. It's from the people that made Gotham. has no connection directly to Gotham, but it's following Bruce Wayne's father, Thomas Wayne, and and uh, how he meets Alfred is basically oh, okay. that's that's the premise for it. Uh, all based in the UK, I think, or mainly based in the UK. Hopefully that makes sense because he's, he's always been British, hasn't he? And always been yeah. played one of our fine British actors. Yes, so that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing that and seeing how that works. But uh, yeah, from the people behind Gotham, and Gotham's such a wonderfully bonkers show. I am watching that weekly at the moment as well. But I'm interested to see what they end up doing with it. It could be quite fun. Netflix have renewed the Society for the second season which was that kind of lord of the flies based series where there's a bunch of kids that kind of leave a town come back again and find out that everybody's gone missing apart from the people that were on these buses that like left the town to come back again i've watched a couple of episodes of that and it was quite enjoyable so i'm not overly surprised they brought it back i think it went down reasonably well but uh, yes that will be returning for a second season i never got into that sadly i i think um netflix has taken the back seat really while i've been trying to clear out all the stuff i wanted to get yeah. rid of but yeah, back to Netflix over the summer, I'm telling you that. Yeah, society is worth a look, definitely. Grantchester renewed for a fifth season on ITV. That is, of course, with new hot vicar rather than old hot vicar. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, uh, yes, that will be back again. ITV2 has ordered a reboot of Supermarket Sweep. Is it wrong that I'm sadly excited about this? I, do, I know, I'm weirdly <laughs> quite happy about this. Uh, Ryland Clark Neal is hosting, and I, I think he's the perfect person to be doing he it. He will do it very well yeah. yeah Del Winton was great but sadly he's no longer with us and uh, Ryland I think is, is a really good choice for that role and uh, it's, a, it's a fun silly stupid show and I don't know whether I'm actually going to ever watch any episodes of it but I like the fact that it's out there you know you so. I will I will Dave if you don't do it I'll come on and talk about it you know me. I'll watch all the bonkers stuff yes so uh, Supermarket Suite was a wonderful show I have fond memories of watching that as a student so uh, yes I, I mean it's a very silly show but I'm, I'm very happy that that's coming back netflix has ordered a series called the cuphead show based on the popular video game cuphead my non-gaming head is there i'm like cuphead oh man <laughs> it is pretty much what you think it is it is a uh, animated teacup is basically the uh, the premise of it misadventures of the impulsive cuphead and his cautious but easily swayed brother mugman so <laughs> uh, through their many misadventures across the surreal home of ink well aisles they always have each other's backs so yeah ba based on the classic Fleischer cartoons of the 1930s is the sort of animation style for it and that was the animation style for the video 
game, but it never had a cartoon, and now it's got an actual cartoon series, which is obviously going to be in that 1930s style as well. Mm. So I think that's kind of weird and interesting, but uh, yes, so that's that's being made. And uh, Zack Snyder and Jay Oliver are joining together to create a Norse mythology anime series, which sounds intriguing. Don't really know any more about it than that other than the they're the people doing it. Uh, Zack Snyder, of course, the person behind uh, the Watchmen movie and Man of Steel and the Batman v Superman and, and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, he's been involved with that. And uh, Oliver has done things like, he's done a lot of the DC animated movies. So uh, Batman Dark Knight Returns, Justice Leads, The Flashpoint Paradox. He was in control of a lot of those. So he's a director as well. And they're teaming up together to do this anime-based series, which is based around Norse mythology. Oh. Going to be intriguing to see what they do together, but beyond that, we don't know any more about it. So okay. one to look out for. Moving on, we are moving over from Netflix to Amazon. We have got an adaptation of Brian K. Vaughan's Paper Girls, which was a graphic novel, and they've given it a series order for a live-action series on Amazon. Paper Girls, if you're unfamiliar with the graphic novel, tells the story of four 12-year-old newspaper delivery girls who in the early hours after Halloween in 1988 uncover the most important story of all time when the town is struck by an invasion from a mysterious force from the future. Erin, Mac, KJ and Tiffany soon find themselves unwillingly caught up in a conflict between two warring factions of time travellers. As they travel between our present, the past and the future, they encounter future versions of themselves and now must choose to embrace or reject their fate. That's the basic premise for it. I don't actually know the books, but I know they're, they're quite popular. The adaptation has been written by uh, Toy Story 4 co-writer Stephanie Folsom. It's based on the graphic novel. Vaughan is also exec producing. It's coming from Legendary Terrorvision and Brad Pitt's Plan B as the production companies. I, I did wonder the fact that it's sort of based in 1988 and it's around a group of 12-year-old kids. Is this them trying to do a sort of Stranger Things maybe? Possibly. Maybe that's the they're, they're sort of thinking they might be able to fit it into that Stranger Things mould maybe yeah. yeah I'm quite pleased with this I, I, I think this this does sound like it could be quite interesting I like time travel stuff as well I think that's that's a sort yeah. of interesting idea Brian K. Vaughan is doing fairly well with his TV adaptations at the moment he was also the creation of Marvel's Runaways which is why you may recognise the name when I said it uh, he's also doing Why which is an adaptation of Why the Last Man which was the book he wrote that's going to FX. He also wrote a book called Saga, which is an amazing comic book series. Not that anybody has ever tried to adapt that. It would be hellishly complicated to adapt, but um, I would love somebody to attempt it. And uh, so hopefully the Amazon get around to that one next. That would be awesome. But uh, Amazon have, have really ramped up a, an interesting lineup of projects over the next few years because you've got obviously things like The Boys coming up. You've got Carnival Row coming up, the Lord of the Rings series, which is in development at the moment. They've got that remake of Channel 4's Utopia, an adaptation of The Power. There was talk of them doing a Conan the Barbarian series, an adaptation of Ian M. Banks's culture novels, one based on William Gibson's The Peripheral, which was from the creators of Westworld. And you've got like fourth season of Expanse, final season of Man in the High Castle. They picked up Star Trek Picard, which is going to them in the UK as well. Well, you, you know why they've got this. It's because with the Apple and Disney and all that and making their way and Netflix has had 
such a good couple of years as being like the lead streaming yeah. channel. Amazon are getting themselves ready for the influx of competition. Yeah. And I think that's probably why we're seeing this at the moment. Yeah. And but they're they're doing really well with the stuff they're managing to pick up, I think. Because that's an interesting selection of kind of off-the-wall titles that they've mm. they've taken. Uh, you know, I mean, obviously you've got big players like Lord of the Rings, but picking up something like the culture novels or the peripheral law or, you know, Wheel of Time as well was another one they picked up and and Utopia and and, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're not sort of straightforward dramas. They're, they're really interesting off the wall books and things that they're adapting. So yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued to see where Amazon is going over the next few years. And certainly going to, not going to be short of entertainment anyway. Hmm. Over on the Paramount Network in the US, they have ordered a uh, prequel to Sexy Beast, which seems to sort of slightly come out of nowhere. If you don't know the film, it was a movie back from... 2000 the tv series tells the origin story of of the main character in that the movie starred uh ray winston ben kingsley and ian mcshane uh follows a character called gail dove played by ray winston who was a retired gangster who's visited by an aggressive gangster played by ben kingsley who demands that he accept a heist job that was basically the premise for the film so the tv series tells gail's origin story he's a brilliant thief who finds himself descending into seductive madness of the London criminal world during the vibrant and volatile 90s. The series will explore the early days of Gail's complicated relationship with Don Logan, a vicious gangster with who Gail forms a partnership, the beginnings of his association with criminal mastermind Teddy Bass and how Gail met and fell in love with Dee Dee, an adult film star who will become his wife. So um, it's got all the characters, basically, from the film, but uh, mm. it's going to be showing a sort of prequel thing, which is, I guess, is an interesting idea as a sort of premise and don't have that many sort of modern-ish day British gangster things out there of that sort of British gang. There's a lot of movies based around that sort of London underworld gangster thing, but there's not that many TV shows I can think of that have covered that ground. So It's a bit different, isn't it? Yeah. It's been written by uh, Michael Caleo, who um, is uh, one of the writers from The Sopranos, so that's a fairly solid start. Good Uh, start, yeah. Right, and exactly produce. Karen Kasuma, who did something called Destroyer, is directing and exec producing as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that could be an interesting one to watch out for. Um, I, no casting yet at the moment, so we'll have to see who they cast for a young Ray Winston, but we'll wait and see. <laughs> interesting. I mean, it's not something that I particularly would have thought that needs a prequel, but, you know, why not? <laughs> That's what I say. Well, they've got to get their ideas from somewhere. <laughs> Well, yes, exactly. And lastly, we have a new true crime anthology series called Major Crimes, which is in development from David Ayer, Tucker Tooley and E1. So David Ayer and Chris Long's production company Cedar Park and Tooley Entertainment and Entertainment One have joined forces to develop a new Los Angeles-based true crime anthology series, uh, which is currently called Major Crimes, but I rather suspect that won't be what it's called. Because of the one that just ended last year. Yeah, wasn't yeah. it? The- Unless they're going to call it LA Major Crimes, or but that I 
yeah it's still confusing isn't it it's still very confusing because there was a huge show called major crimes so i love major crimes it's one of my favorites when it was on so i I (laughs) rather suspect that name is going to change but uh yes so the idea is that it's a series that will follow the most daring heist robberies and crimes in la's history as you might expect it is going to follow one crime each season and take an in-depth look at both the detectives and criminals behind the case Mm. so it's sort of american crime story really but following sort of LA specific crime stories. <laughs> yeah, that's that's yeah. the uh, that's the basic premise of it. What's quite interesting about this is the the people that they have behind the camera as well. Is um, Chris Collins, whose previous work includes The Wire, Sons of Anarchy, and Man in the High Castle. He's going to write and be showrunner. He was also screenwriter on John Wick Three, and is is the showrunner as well on the Continental, which is the John Wick spin-off TV series that they're currently in the process of creating. Joining him to direct several episodes is. Um, Christian Guggengast, who is writer-director of Den of Thieves and writer of London Has Fallen. He's not writing the show, so don't worry. Uh, <laughs> but uh, solid enough director, I guess. But um, yeah, I think that, that sounds like it could be kind of interesting. Um, the production companies behind it are the, the David Ayer, whose previous work includes Training Day, End of Watch. He was also involved with Suicide Squad and the Netflix film Bright as well. So that's where you might know that from. Yeah, um, yeah. I knew, I knew his name from um, Suicide Squad. And did he get nominated for Training Day at an Oscar, possibly? I can't remember. I'm not sure, not sure whether he's nominated for that. Oh. I mean, he's certainly, you know, a solid enough film. And End of Watch was a good film as well. Bright was quite fun as well. They're the production company behind it. And uh, Thule Entertainment are the people behind Hunter Killer and Den of Thieves are the other production company. So fairly reasonable amount of money behind it. And an hmm. uh, interesting writer, I think, on that more than anything else. And uh, I like true crime things. I think that could be quite good. And I, I quite like stuff set in LA. It reminds me of being on holiday. So. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all the news we have for this week. Next up, we have the interview. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. The interview this week is with Orange is the New Black production designer, Malchus Janocco. Obviously, you all know Orange is the New Black. It's due to come back for its final season on July 26th. Malchus has been the production designer on it since season four, which uh, was quite an interesting point, I think, which to, to join the show. Uh, so that means that he's responsible for building the Max Prison as well, The uh, all the Max Prison sets. We talk about sort of how he got into the business and uh, all that side of things and uh, where he got his start. And then we obviously talk about Orange is the New Black. There are obviously spoilers. If you've not seen seasons four, five and six, there are a few spoilers in there. So 
be warned if you've not completely up to date on it there are spoilers we talk about stuff coming up in the final season as well doesn't give anything away so don't worry about spoilers for the new season he's not giving anything away but there is stuff for the previous seasons in there so you have been warned uh but yes talk about the flashback sequences the out of the various things what were his favorites and that sort of stuff and filming around prisons and uh, building the max prison as well so uh, here's the interview with marcus we'll see you afterwards with some highlights for next week it's lovely to have you on i'm really glad we could get a bit of a, a chat in today before we kind of get into the shows you're an art director and production designer do you just want to explain what those jobs are for people that haven't heard us interview people with those jobs before sure um the production designer is in charge of everything behind the actors and in front of the actors but not not the costumes right um, but from the furniture and the wall color and construction uh, that all goes through the production designer. Production designer works with the art director and the set decorator to create the whole look. The set decorator is in charge of all of the furnishings and all of the things that are in the spaces. And the art director is in charge of the construction and painting of those spaces. Right. So as I, I've been art directing for a long time and um, was gradually able to work my way into production design through the course of time, I started on Gossip Girl as the art director and worked on that for five years. And my boss um, kept getting pilots at the end of the season. And I started production designing the one episode or two episodes. And he moved on at the end of that. And uh, I was able to step up and do the final season of Gossip Girl. So I've, and I've been bouncing back and forth as art director and production designer since then. Right. Okay, cool. How did you get into it? Because I've yet to meet an art director or a production designer that actually planned to be an art director or a production designer. This was never really part of the plan it's always <laughs> my whole life seems like a bunch of spectacularly happy accidents yeah um i went to art school and i have a degree in painting fine art painting and i had painted and done some scenery in high school and i did a show i got sick with mono in college and i designed a show and painted it myself and I applied to Carnegie Mellon on a whim to become a scenic painter. I wanted to go to school so that I could work professionally as a painter of scenery. And they accepted me, but they didn't accept me as a painter. They accepted me as a designer. And I didn't find out that out until I got there, um, <laughs> which is pretty hilarious. Um, and I spoke to them like I wanted to be a scenic painter. And they're like, that program doesn't exist here anymore. Um, <laughs> we accepted you as a designer. And I had to make a decision on the spot um, as to whether to stay to go. And I thankfully said, yes, I would love to do that. That would be fantastic. I get to do both. Cool. Um, and I've actually I've painted a lot of scenery, but I've been designing, you know, since I moved to New York, been art directing. And I started at a, at a firm designing like car shows and industrial events, and <laughs> that sort of thing. And I moved to an events company and was their creative director and did bar mitzvahs and weddings and other crazy <laughs> things. I've been in the union. I, you know, I went to school for set design at Carnegie Mellon yeah. and I joined the union during a, a membership drive. 
And I just, I finally had had it in the event world and I got an offer to go work on a little tiny straight to video Wesley Snipes movie. <laughs> and I just was like, all right, here's my chance to dive in. And um, my friend Jeff Cry. Um, had helped me by getting me onto a couple of jobs. He's the art director on Law & Order SBU. Ah, been right. For, I don't know, 14 years or something like that. He's, uh, he's a great friend and he helped get me in. And I got attached to a wonderful production designer named Lauren Weeks, who's just been doing amazing things. He's done all of the Marvel Defenders uh, series, all of those first seasons, Jessica Jones and yeah. Luke Cage. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but he he called me to to do that movie, and then I got attached to a couple other things, and got onto Gossip Girl. And there's so many; yeah. <laughs> it's amazing the way things work here with the schedule. You can be on two jobs a year, or one job that's 22 episodes on network television. So you know, there's so many different types of things. Yeah, I like to call it art department bingo because every spring, as the new shows roll out, you never know who you're going to be working with. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i can uh, imagine interesting area to work in and as yeah as, yes. as you say it's it's nice to be somebody that actually went to do something to do with set design because the amount of people that i talked to that sort of fell into art direction or production design is like oh this is a job oh okay yeah yeah <laughs> it's ridiculous absolutely absolutely and uh and people who do or don't have art history backgrounds or drawing backgrounds or things like that it's still amazing you know that yeah, these, yeah. these guys just have brilliant minds and put things together people that started out as architects or you know but yeah, yeah I, did, I got to, i did go to school for for set design for theater it was and it was it was fantastic yeah so the main show which we're probably going to be talking about i think given that it's coming back for its final season is uh orange is the new black which uh you you weren't on that from the beginning were you, you it was what um no. season four was it you joined yes exactly so that's quite a nice point i would think to get into the show because you've got a couple of seasons where you're still in the original prison and then yes. suddenly you sort of you know by season six you're you're moving everything to max at what point did you know about the fact that you were basically going to have to rebuild everything <laughs> um well you know season four ends with say washington's death samira wiley's character yeah and, you know, we were told that, that season five was going to be a riot, but we weren't told that they were going to burn the prison down and never come back to it <laughs> and, until the end of the season. And they told us, you guys need to clear the sets. And they, they said, you're going to we're starting in a whole new facility. And that was like the biggest gift to the art department ever for season six of a show. Now, Genji, it does have a, a history of burning towns down, uh, like in weeds. Um, and you know, yeah. so we did have some warning, but it was like just amazing to get to start again for season six yeah. and build all new sets. Yeah. I mean, that, that's a, a real gift because you come on in season four and somebody's established some of the stuff. So you can kind of add and tweak and change things up, up sure. to a certain point, but to be able to get hold of of just having to redo all the main sets must have been wonderful yes what sort of research did you end up doing for the uh, max facility i went with our locations manager to 
all of the the near prisons that we could possibly be shooting at. And we basically built an amalgamation of all of them so that it would kind of fit that we could be at any one of them for different (laughs) things that we needed. We needed outdoor space at one. We needed uh, a place where you can load buses, uh, Sally Port, where, you know, a courtyard inside the gates. Yeah. Um, we had one of those that was close, one with a good cell block, one with a great visitation room. But they're all at different prisons locally. And since we left the minimum security of Litchfield at the end of season five, we couldn't go back to that location at all. We did use uh, the exterior of it as a place where we could construct things for season six and season seven, but we couldn't see that building anymore. Yeah. Were you actually shooting at real prisons for some of that then? Absolutely. Yeah. So anytime we had an exterior scene with driving up to a prison where there are gates, um, there's, uh, I think in season six, Aleda selling energy concoctions out of her trunk. That's all shot at a real prison. We needed some real exteriors to really ground it and give ourselves those establishing moments. Um, you know, some the guards and going to their cars and the parking lot, those things were all done at real prisons. Are those working prisons as well? Yes. yes. <laughs> yes. I'm amazed um, you're allowed to do that. That's <laughs> New York is very film friendly and those prisons, there's a mandate and a lot of them have special people that are in charge of helping film shoots operate there, but it helps their budgets. And (laughs) I know it it seems crazy to be going into uh, active prisons, but I've gotten really used to it. I mean, obviously the main interior bits were were all built, they were set. uh, You think with it being a prison, it needs to be sort of and the max prison it sort of needs to be even drabber and kind of grayer than than the place they've just come from we're sort of sick of yes. gray paint by the end of it yes yeah <laughs> we have we had the the good thing about the show though is the flashbacks and the flash yes uh, yeah. allowed for these character pieces you know to break that monotony of the gray all of those memories so we didn't really go to town on all of those flashbacks but the, yeah there's a lot of gray there you know three colors of gray um, <laughs> and all that gray flooring yeah well i was going to mention the flashbacks because i mean that as you say does help you kind of break out of of the the color palette that you're stuck in with with the actual prison itself um yes. did you have any particular favorites over the seasons you worked on out of the flashbacks absolutely you know when we came on in season four we found out that who say washington was going to be killed in episode 12 hmm. and we hadn't got in episode 13 we you know even the make um, gives me shivers still because she's such a a lovely character and samira wiley is just amazing yeah but to uh, have killed her off is so heartbreaking hmm. but we got the perfect perfect cathartic ending to season four with Pusey's flashback to that best night ever in New York City. Yeah. And that was so beautifully written. And there were so many wonderful moments in that flashback from the big dance party to the monks on bikes. It was just <laughs> just so beautiful. And then to end on the waterfront. And I think it's I think it's the first time anybody breaks the fourth wall and makes a contact. And when she looks into the camera right at the end, man, that's just that's perfect. Yeah. So, 
Yeah. I love that ending. It, it was a fabulous, fabulous flashback, that one. I love Red's flashback to 80s Russia. That yeah. was amazing to do. Uh, Suzanne's flashback to where she's working in the, you know, the Walmart alike yeah. um, as the checkout. We find out why she's in prison. That was, again, <laughs> heartbreaking stories. But you just get this depth to the characters so much through those moments. I loved it. And I think that it was, you know, it's a theatrical show. So we really got to enjoy that. So. Yeah. When you're doing things like the flashback, which is is in the sort of Walmart and like uh, places like that presumably you're not building a huge walmart set for that so you're using a location and then redressing it that was dressing an existing store we just we covered up i believe that was a national wholesale liquidators (laughs) um and they since it's kind of a a lower level store it doesn't have as much signage and branding as something like a walmart so we were able to um, cover up their signage and make it into our own because that place does not sell guns and we wanted our superstore to right. be the kind of superstore where you can buy an AR-15 and uh, and check out and have Suzanne check your receipts and make sure that you don't have two of them. And, <laughs> um, we read these things and we're like, yeah, that's the situation here. Yeah. Um, and making a comment on that directly. Yeah. So with yeah. a bit of humor. It is nuts that you can buy super- oh, yeah. guns in supermarkets. <laughs> Yes. Is there one particular point where they've come to you and said, we need to build this particular type of set and you've gone, how the hell am I going to put that together? Yes. It was for season six, our our maximum security. We built basically two giant sets. One one of them is the the general population cell block where everybody ends up. And the other is the administrative segregation unit, which is featured in that first episode with Suzanne having her breakdown from being off of her medicine. This was really designed in Genji's head as a very specific place really for this one episode but then we we turned it into a really functional set for you know we used it probably half the season right. but when Suzanne sits in her window with her pretend television remote and turns on the lights in individual cells and you got these weird little stories about each of the occupants hmm. that set was designed with that piece of story in mind that right. was that was based on just that. We knew that the segregation units where you can see into the cells through glass, but we wanted to have her view to see all of the other occupants. And then she would have the hallucinations in regards to each of the characters. Yeah, that's awesome. Do you have maybe a little bit of background about something that might surprise people about the show, something that they may have missed or or something that you've done that you think particularly might surprise people? I would guess it's not a surprise that we have only built one cell block and we change it over, but it was a surprise to one of our actors that uh, was directing an episode and she never had paid attention to the fact that there was only one cell block and that we would have to change it over. Um, so it was surprising to her. That was pretty great um, because she really wasn't paying attention to other people's storylines and she was only ever in the one cell block herself. So she never really thought about the other cell blocks. um, Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's amazing how many actors we have and how many background we have to fill up those cell blocks. That's pretty amazing. 
they're a different set of actresses for every cell block. They don't repeat. You oh, know? Really? So we have the, so the B block cell extras are different from the C block extras, which are different from the D block extras. So on a day where you're shooting both costume department has to, to dress hundreds of women. It's just staggering. Some of the scenes we did outside kickball in season six, so yeah. that was a real challenge. Uh, we try very hard to stay with the seasons that, that we've been asked to be in, but um, the weather does not necessarily abide. <laughs> we had flashbacks that were supposed to be one way and then shooting stuff that's supposed to happen the following day and you all of a sudden have snow is always a fight. <laughs> yeah, so, that's uh, tricky. One of the other fun things that, that you got to do way back in season four, uh, the Corrector Con. Oh man, we built that from scratch. That was fantastic. Um, <laughs> I actually have done a lot of uh, exhibitry for trade shows in my previous commercial life. <laughs> right. So walking in and being asked to create the Corrector Con from the ground up was fantastic. Our decorator, Kara Zygon, just dove into it and she she did contact some of the real vendors and some of the real vendors that we use. <laughs> There's a company that does fencing and barbed wire that we use Anchor Fence and we were able to feature them right in the front. <laughs> nice. um, and Bob Barker, not the Bob Barker from uh, The Price is Right, but Bob Barker, the company, they sell prison equipment and we were able to have a whole booth for them. But it was amazing looking into all of the products that were there, in, including the um, the menstrual cups, which was a featured <laughs> right. item for that. Yeah. Um, that, that is a money-saving device that women's prisons are instituting. It's just, Jeez. it's amazing to have even that differentiation from men's to women's prisons be on display there. Wow. I did wonder how much of that stuff was genuine and how much with things you kind of came up with, but uh, genuine by the sounds of it, most of it. A lot of the items were genuine, even if we had to make up some of the, the names of the yeah. companies. But like the restraint chairs, those things were all real. Um, you know, in our prop department, uh, Rachel Weinzimmer would find and get and show the most horrific of restraints. And it was always a decision on how far to go, how bad does it want to be? But yeah, we were able to get all, you know, we bought a lot of things from real prison suppliers and the, the prison industry itself. A lot of the prison fixtures, things like beds and tables are made by inmates in jails. Right. So it's so it's feeding on itself. And that whole profit by privatizing prisons here in the United States is just horrifying that, yeah. you know, there's, that they would then be making more beds for more prisoners. Yeah, it's that's a whole other level of discussion, I think. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We've got season seven coming up later in the month, fairly soon. Anything that you want to say about the upcoming season without obviously giving anything too much away? It's incredibly topical and incredibly sad. You know, we know that uh, the Piper has gotten out of prison yes. at the end of season six. So we know that we'll be heading into what her life might be like outside. Mm. But um, the stories that are going on inside have taken a turn, you know, and even to have 
predicted what the situation in the United States would be like a year ago when we started filming it. You just can't imagine how um, really topical this is at the moment. And I just I can't wait for everyone to see it. There's a great and important storyline involving the Immigration and Customs Enforcement that we were getting a, a, a taste of right at the end of last season. And it goes to a whole new level. I think that uh, Genji is, has a very strong statement in this season, and I'm very proud to be part of it. Awesome. I'm very, very much looking forward to it. And uh, I mean, I'll be sad to see the show go, but I, I'm glad that it's it's kind of having a solid ending by the sounds of it. So that I'm very much looking <laughs> yeah. forward to. As for you, you mentioned before we started that you're on another show. What, what was the other show you're on? FBI season two. We just started up. This is one of the, the new Dick Wolf shows. And yes. There are all of the Chicago shows and there's still Law & Order SVU. And now there's FBI and FBI Most Wanted is starting up next door. I think that that's been announced. I don't know. Yes, if that's yeah, been, uh, yes, Taz. Okay. Yeah, that's all right. We know, yeah. that's, we know that's coming. We know FBI Most Wanted is coming. So we uh, awesome. Well, that, that should uh, keep you busy for a while because they, they tend to hang around those Dick Wolf houses. So, uh. Absolutely. And and it's actually, it's it's a whole different structure. You know, Netflix with a full season dropping 13 episodes all in one day. We had a little bit more time. The pace yes. on, on this is, is a lot faster. Yes. So. Yeah, because it's, it's normal network TV. So you're going mm-hmm. out weekly and deadlines. <laughs> yeah, 23 episodes in comparison with 13 so yeah. it's really pretty amazing yeah so but i was able to bring uh, a bunch of my my crew members on with me so i'm very very oh, that's happy awesome. to, to keep everybody together that's great and last two questions that we ask everybody when they come on first question is what tv shows are you watching at the moment uh chernobyl yes <laughs> i think i think everybody has watched that fabulous um, yeah fabulous um i was teaching at savannah college of art and design for the spring and the day after the premiere, I just threw out my lesson plan and I made my set decoration class watch the first episode wow. in the classroom. I was like, we're just stopping everybody. We're going to watch this. <laughs> and that and uh, Russian Doll. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. That was this season was fantastic. Natasha Leon directed one of our episodes of Orange this season. And we had the best time. And Russian Doll was just amazing yeah um, again i was teaching uh, in savannah this spring and i went backwards and i rewatched mind hunter oh that was that, a great series yeah great series because i was looking for period design how to shoot things you know david fincher and his crew are just that show is amazing yeah and again another project we did was madman we we <laughs> i had my students redesign the pilot of madman i worked on the pilot of madman yes so those are the things i'm watching right now but i like i like bob's burgers a lot <laughs> <laughs> something like bob's burgers must be nice for you because you're not thinking about the production design as much i guess that's exactly right um two of our writers on this season seven one of them is a writer who's done a couple of episodes of bob's burgers <laughs> and one was on bojack horseman oh, right. um, man it's nice to have a comedic release when yeah. you're dealing with uh, the horrors of prison day after day so. yeah yeah and the last question if you had 
had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present, or future, which one would it be? I love Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> I think yeah. I think that that's kind of like the perfect show of all of these because you have a all the characters and this the infinite possibilities of space. And if you can have a character like Q show up, you know yeah. there are no rules except when there are rules that have to be maintained. Oh, that would be the best. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I love all the genres, but I think. Something like that would be that would be it. <laughs> well, I mean, you're edging in the right direction. You've managed to get onto CBS now, yes. and they are making more and more Star Trek shows as they they seem yeah. to be kind of expanding that into more and more things. So you never know. You're in the right place. <laughs> well, I'll tell you this: I had a great moment with Kate Mulgrew when I met her on on set for the first time, and yeah. she was in full red in character, and she I was wearing a tie because I like to wear. I was my first day on set with her and she came over to me and said, who are you? And <laughs> I had that starstruck moment. I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> this is fantastic. Um, but they wanted to spin back to Voyager, you know, that would be pretty great too. Yeah. <laughs> so they start to CBS. Yeah, so, that would yeah. be good. Awesome. Well, I, I know you're, uh, you're obviously incredibly busy because it's your first day on FBI. <laughs> so I will let you get back to your day. Thank you for spending a bit time talking to me it's been a real pleasure thank you so much david it was really nice to meet you and thank you so much thank you too have a great day you too bye bye. cheers bye so that was the interview with the orange is the new black production designer malchus janocco if you want to watch the final season of orange is the new black which i'm sure many of you do it will be on netflix on july 26th for you to binge your way through and then that'll be the end of it i am looking forward to that coming back um so yes if you want to see the final season netflix 26th of of July for that for Orange is the New Black final season go and catch it there now we have some highlights for next week on TV so highlights for next week we have Fresh Off the Boat this is season 4 returning to 5 star it actually got beaten to the premiere of season 4 already because you can already get it on Amazon Prime if you've got Amazon Prime it's all up there but Channel 5 being Channel 5 are obviously late so uh, 5 star 17th of July at 8pm for that if you've been watching Fresh Off the Boat there is that up to date David the one I just finished earlier this season did I just finish watching 3 or did I just you just you just finished watching the second half of three okay so it will be up to date if i tune into that one should be yes should be fine then we have better things season two of that arrives on bbc2 on the 17th of july as well that is at 10 p.m that is the comedy series by uh, palmer aldon and then we have suits which is back for its ninth and final season that is on the 18th of july i'm looking forward to that and i'm sad to see it go because i thought they've done quite well having losing lost some major cast members nine seasons is a fair run to get to i think so you know yeah Deadly Class if you were hoping that that would appear somewhere over here it has it's on Stars Play which is the Amazon add-on channel that's coming on the 19th of July unfortunately it's only one season because it got cancelled by Sci-Fi in the US but if you want to watch that comic book adaptation it is arriving on the 19th of July in its entirety to Stars Play Queer Eye is back for the fourth season that is on the 19th of July as well that is on Netflix lots 
lot of love for that series. It seems to have gone yeah. down very, very well. I've got a feeling, is this the one where they go a little bit more further afield? I think so, yes. I think I know, I know that was coming up soon, so... Yes, so that's the season four that's of Queer Eye and 19th of July for that. Um, over on Amazon Prime, I'm hoping I'm correct with this because can't confirm it, but uh, it's certainly on Amazon Prime in the US. I see no reason why it wouldn't be on Amazon Prime over here. Uh, Dark slash web coming to Amazon Prime on the 19th of July. It follows a group of young adults navigating a near future where everything's online and everything's connected, whether you like it or not. So it sounds almost like a Black Mirror sort of concept, but um, that is um, there on Amazon Prime if you want to see it, hopefully. Like I say, it's coming to Amazon Prime in the US, and I, I can't work out whether it's also coming to Amazon Prime in the UK. So apologies if it doesn't, but keep a lookout on 19th of July for that. And then Who Do You Think You Are is back for its 16th season on BBC One on the 22nd of July. That is at 9pm. I think they've got a fabulous lineup actually this year. You've got Harry Potter star Daniel Radcliffe is going to be the opening episode. They've also got Kate Winslet doing it. Um, you've got Sharon Osbourne doing it. Naomi Harris is there. You've got, have I got news for you, Captain Paul Merton, Catherine Ryan, again. <laughs> uh, she's going to be doing it as well, which I think could be quite an interesting one. You've got TV personality Mark Wright. And uh, lastly, Jack Whitehall, who for the first time ever, they're doing it with Jack Whitehall and his father, and his Michael. Dad, yeah. Yeah. So they're doing uh, the whole thing together, which, um, you know, if you've just seen Travel, with my father on Netflix, you know how much fun that will probably be. So I saw I saw the trailer with them both in it. I was like, oh, that's interesting. They're doing it for two. So yes, well, they are father and son. So I mean, it's yeah. not that much of a stretch. But yeah. yes, I thought I thought that looked like it could be quite good fun because I think Jack's very funny, and I think him and his father together are great. So this seems like the sort of thing that Michael would really like to do. So I'm sure that would be highly entertaining. That's a really really solid lineup. I right? you know because yeah. sometimes they have there's only one person in there. Like like, sorry, Mark Wright, but I don't really know who you are very much. But the rest of them I know reasonably well. So they've they've done really, really well, I think, out of that list. Yeah. Looking forward to that coming back. That's Who Do You Think You Are? Season 16, BBC One, 22nd of July at 9pm for that. And that is everything this week, unless you've got anything else you want to mention. No, I'm still, I mean, I listened to it a couple of weeks ago, but I'm still very upset about how Channel 5 have handled the Will and Grace situation. Yes. Um, I'm just so cross as they did it as such a big launch and they nabbed it off of channel four yeah. and it's just like they've done it on purpose to not now let british people access that season it's just it yeah, just annoys and it makes me it, and, it, and the problem is they've done this before and they've done it with things like gotham and they yeah. take you know they take a show they can't make it work and they drop it and that makes it very difficult for somebody else to come in and pick yeah. it up because you then have a missing season that nobody has the rights to so, exactly Exactly. It just, um, I just felt it was quite bad of them to do that because now as a fan, I'm going to have to try and find that somewhere else or buy yeah. the DVD. So. Yeah, I, I believe the first nine seasons are on Amazon Prime, but the return seasons aren't. No. So... Uh, you know, I mean, I've got all the DVDs for every season, but I just liked watching it weekly. Yeah, yeah. Just can't do that now, can we? Yeah, so. no, it was, it was very, very funny, and I'm kind of upset about that as well. But uh, they are supposed to be releasing it directly onto DVD. So, I mean, at least you will be able to buy the DVDs, hopefully, for it. There's um, my little moan. <laughs> so, but yes, yeah, no, I'm very much with you on that. I, I, I do wish they wouldn't do that. But um, what can you do? Um, yeah, so, yeah. and uh, before anybody asks, no, we don't know anything about Supernatural. <laughs> 
because that's the other thing that everybody keeps on asking me about um last time i checked there was no news either way and that's is partly a good thing partly a bad thing because it, it means that they they won't tell me that they've dropped it they also can't tell me when it's going to air so mm. you know it's in limbo at the moment which is a frustrating for everybody i know but that is the case unfortunately so for gray if you want to go and talk to gray online you can find him at at gray the geek on twitter if you want to go and find him on that yep for us obviously you go and go to geektown.co.uk uh, i should also mention it is the big san diego comic con towards the end of this week i think thursday is the first day there may be a press preview wednesday so there may be stuff sneaking out on wednesday but certainly thursday friday saturday sunday there will be a lot of news coming out so uh, keep an eye on the website over particularly towards the end of the week I mean check it all the week but keep an eye particularly the end of the week there will be a lot of news going up Um, if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments throughout the week you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,